peace, waiting for its master to come. Not all was well in Caria. The dark power of chaos began to reach toward the island like a devil bird's claws, and the island's green lushness started to fade away. Will a hero come? the old king asked. Your Highness, I will go out to find him, Ozen the toucan blacksmith said. I have seen scores of years, and my life's work was the hero's sword. It is my wish to see it wielded by the right bird, so I will go out into the mortal world and find this hero. But Ozan, it is dangerous for you. Pefero reached out a claw to place a magical protection, but the toucan stopped him. This decision is my own, my good king, he said, and flexed a claw to prove his strength. Under the worn, wrinkled skin, there were still muscles from his younger days. I will take a badge to remind me of my home and of you. I will see to it that a worthy bird comes. There was a pause, and they could hear the wind blowing the sand around them. The toucan's blue-lidded eyes were shining. Very well, Ozen. You may go. Who loses and who gains is settled within a flap of the wings. From the Old Scripture. Chapter 1. Loss. Hungrius II, the ancient wing emperor of the Archaeopteryxes, sprawled like a huge spider on his whalebone perch. He was staring out of a rounded window at the forests of Castlewood, but his eyes reflected the world. Secrets. Delicious, he declared, his bloated face squished into furrows. No secrets can sneak past my mighty empire's eyes and ears. Yes, go on. Down the great golden hall of the Sun Palace, the rows of plumes on the leather headgear of his knights all dipped forward as the subjects leaned in to listen. Across from them, his scholars swished their sleeves. The lowly birds in your territories are starting to whisper about rare gemstones, lison gems, they're called, the head of the scholars said. They have strange markings on them. It is said they come from the sky and have something to do with a hero. One in particular, our sources reveal, seems to hint at when the hero will come, sometime in three years. The members of the court gasped. The scholar spread the claws of one foot wide in wonderment, then closed them abruptly. He pointed at a ragamuffin twitching beside him. I have found a witness, your majesty. Speak! Yes, your majesty, the young Archaeopteryx said. I chanced to see that particular stone during my morning foraging. Thank the great spirit the gem is here, one of the birds around it was saying, so I knew that it was something peculiar. I hid and watched. Magical stones from the sky, thought the emperor, his gaze sweeping across the sunset painted on the arched ceiling. Color, location, tribe, Hungrius's eyes glittered as if two gemstones were already in his pupils. Speak up. Beautiful orange it was, your majesty. It's about a couple dozen miles south of your plains territory, with a band of doves living near a river. Sounds like something for me. Hero, the wise bird said. Well, I'll show how Archaeopteryxes can crush all heroes. 
I must have this treasure. Drumming his sausage-like talons, Hungrius straightened on his jeweled perch and barked, Sir Maldior! Yes, your majesty. The head of the knights stepped forward on the carpet and bowed. Take some elite soldiers and find this gem for me. Before the knight could reply, the curtains behind Hungrius's throne trembled and a fat feathered ball waddled up to the emperor. Me too, Prince Phaeton cried, his beak full. In his claws, he held a blueberry muffin. I shall go along. I must. You're young. Battles are not for you. Well, I must. I want to learn how to fight. Please, father. The prince begged crumbs on his beak. Hungrius's tiny eyes flitted shut. Then he huffed and said, Sir Maldior, I entrust my son to you.